When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Good afternoon, everyone. Two minutes past three. Welcome to the show. Great to have your company on arguably the most romantic day on the calendar, Valentine's Day. We are live from Studio Lume right here at number one King William Street in the city. It's a glorious day for Valentine's Day. And we're taking your calls on 1300 736 736. Or you can send a text on 0427-154-166. We're talking Valentine's Day. Let's welcome one of the world's great lovers, The Roach. Oh, doing some beautiful, creepy shoulder dancing there, Rich, as well. Just didn't want to knock anything in here, that's all. <laughs> and how did you go today? Was the letterbox full? Well, I left very early, but I'm hoping it's fallen off by the weight of all the cards <laughs> that will be loaded in. And uh, realistically, what do you think the outcome will be? Oh, you live in hope. You do. Die in despair. It's different to the old days, isn't it? Well, how of, old days do you want to go? Well, just social media now. Uh, messages oh, yes. are sent very yes. differently. Back in the day, though, Rooch, you know, you used to get the odd letter. Back in the day, working at Channel 9, you'd get in a little bit earlier and go out to reception. Anything arrived? Ah, into Flora working then as well? Oh, yes, that, yeah, yeah. that used to happen. But uh, so, look, so what is the modern image of Valentine's Day? Well, I was going to ask you. A lot of people see it as something that's really commercial, a little bit false. And a lot of people okay. see it as an opportunity to express their feelings when they normally don't do it, Roach. So there's a few emotional cripples so, out there. Yeah. So the first thing we think of is, well, did Hallmark, as they usually do, look at the calendar and say, oh, look, there's this St Valentine's Day on February 14. Can we market this and get another well, set of cards out there? Well, there's a lot of that in it. But you are the historian. And I know you've looked into this in the past. You really want to go here? What uh, I genuinely don't Ooh. know. What oh. are the origins of Valentine's Day. Well, the best we can find is ancient Rome, oh, hello. which was full of festivals and feast mm. days and all that sort of stuff. So they locked away. You imagine the Romans wouldn't do it over one day. They do it over three, February 13, 14 and 15. They'd have a big feast. The men would all get together, find a goat. Hang <laughs> on, one hang goat, on, one goat. <laughs> hang on. Find a goat, sacrifice it. They'd also get a dog and sacrifice that. Really? Are you ready for this? They then whipped the women with the hides of oh. those animals that had just been slain. They were drunk. They were naked. But the whole belief was, as they lined up young women, and they were willingly lining up to be mm -hmm. whipped, that they would make them fertile. And right. it continues, Kim. Oh. Can we, we then there would be a matchmaking lottery. The modern day is, throw the keys in the bowl. Mm -hmm. Well, there it was, put your name in a bowl, and if it was called out, you'd be matchmade with someone else, and off it went. But then it got more gruesome. The emperors decided that they weren't too happy with what was going off. 
with all this stuff. So they put up two blokes called Valentine, made them martyrs. Christian Church decided, well, the Catholic Church then, I would guess, put them on the calendar as St. Valentine's Day, and it's been that ever since February 14. So it hasn't come Then we fast forward to 1913. Yes. And Hallmark did make the cards. So that's when it became more loving and romantic. Well, there's been a bit in between along, but it's all about fertility and love and all that sort of stuff. But it begins pretty gruesome, doesn't it? Oh, very gruesome. How many years ago was that? Well, we're going back many, many centuries to the turn of, you know, the BC to AD calendars. Mm. Well, we've improved as a society, haven't we? Well, the goats are happy. Yeah, the goats are happy. <clears throat> um, I had a little present out the front of the door. Did you? Yes. Little really? Surprise. Yeah, received a little text this morning. And right. Sort of just walked to the front door with the boxes on and uh, there were some Uber Eats there. Oh, containing? Or coffee and a toasted BLT. It's the thought that counts. That's tasted it. well. Saved me cooking too. No which. chocolates? No chocolate. Uh, no. Oh, uh, I hope you've arranged roses to go back. Uh, no. What? Did a dinner on Saturday night in Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Anyway, enough of that, Roach. Right. We'll yeah. move along. Um, yes. If you've got any romantic stories... We'd love to hear them. As I said, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We might throw it out there. You can send a text as well. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. Roach, you can lead us off before we get into our guests. We have a, quite a few good guests today. Looking forward to the show. But um, great sporting love stories. Oh, the one that immediately comes to mind is Marjorie Jackson and Peter Nelson. Showing your age there. Had no, but that's that's they were well, devoted just to each other. Yeah, Marjorie Jackson, Olympians. A, yep. Madly in love with each other and were together from, well, from the moment they met as Olympians to Peter's death. When was when did Peter die? That would be a, a, few oh, a fair years while ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, but Marjorie was, yeah, Marjorie and Peter, that's a great right. love match I, I, in sport. I was thinking, um, yeah, that's a beauty. I yeah. was thinking like Juliet Haslam and Andrew, Andrew Ops, Ops, yes. Yeah, Olympian yeah. and AFL, Fanful footballer. Yep. Darren Cahill and Vicky Neal, Darren, tennis player. Yes. Vicky Neal, state netballer mm-hmm. at the time. Yes. Aurelio Vidmar, captain of the Socceroos, married Sarah Angove, who there was a are. state netballer, played for contacts as well. I think the greatest love story may be Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf. Oh, yes, definitely. But then again, that could be challenged by Anthony Kutafides and Ange Christou. Oh, if you're going to go down that path, well, if you're going to do AFL context, you, people would say, hang on a minute, what about Eddie Maguire and Nathan Buckley? Oh, that's a never-ending love story, isn't oh. it, hey? That's beautiful. That was pure admiration, particularly right. from Eddie's part. Send the text through. Uh, here's one. Oh, Ethel from Ethelton says, the only correspondence Ruchi would receive in the mail was a letter bomb. Oh, that's a bit that's harsh. harsh. Come on, Ethel, this is a day of love. Ethel. Um uh, I'll get to that other text very shortly. Send your text through, 0427154166. All right, guests coming up today. There's a lot of footballers and netballers, aren't there? Well, it sort of happens, doesn't it? What about it? John Halbert and Chris Halbert? Was Chris a... Oh, she played a lot of sport. Did she? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a great love story as well. Yeah? Yeah, well, that's a bit natural, isn't it? You go to primary school, you get there on the same bus with the netball girls and the football teams to go play other schools, Rich. Yep. So that's where yep. it all sort of starts from, doesn't Indeed. it? Indeed. Uh, right, on to the guests now. Uh, Mark Pickley's going to be joining us. He, he debuted on SEN this morning with his yes. first brekkie show with Jared Walsh. Uh, wonderful acquisition to the station, both gentlemen. So we'll have a chat to Bix, see how it went this morning and what he's got to offer and what his views are. What's on it like port- getting up early? Well, we'll find out. <laughs>
Well, we know from our own experiences yeah. here. Yeah, Bix, he's had it pretty easy over the journey, <laughs> I'll tell you. Ah, <laughs> right. No, he's an absolute ripper. We'll get his views on Port Adelaide and the Crows as well. Wes Agar will join us at around 4.30. Uh, Red Could Max, they? Fast bowler. Could they? Well, they're third now, Kim. I'm not Play go- Victoria I'm next. Not Could off. go to second with a win. Yeah, been burnt too many times, Roach. I'll sit back and enjoy yeah. the ride. But we'll have a chat to Wes yep. about him. And a young lady, a South Australian, uh, this is an interesting story, uh, will be joining us at uh, around 3.30. Alex Chidiak plays for the Matildas. And there's a, uh, a big tournament on at the moment, Rooch, which is All called... the lead up to the big FIFA Women's World Cup, which will be the biggest international event we'll see in Australia this year. So Cup of Nations. That's it. That's what it's called. Yes. Gets underway on Thursday. All right, we're live and interactive. We've got to go to a break shortly, Rooch. But the big news of the day regards athlete Peter Bowl. If you can bring us up to date there. Well, I remember how his A sample produced a positive on the urine mm. sample on that. Immediately, as soon as you get an athlete who is defined as having tested positive, What's the immediate reaction we get? Oh. Well, you. Well, here's another you, drug. You, you think that's you, what we yeah, think. Well, you, you here's think another whether drug guilty sheet. or not, you think their career yeah. is doomed. So you wait for the B sample to be processed. Sport Integrity Australia today announced that, in their words, it was an atypical finding. So they've lifted mm. the provisional ban, but they're saying it is not an actual. They're saying this is not a negative test result. It is an atypical result. So they're still going to investigate and keep hounding Peter Bowl until they either prove one way or the other that he is a drug cheat or he's completely clean. So it hasn't taken that shadow away from him at all. And he has been so strong from the beginning in all his statements that he has never, ever, ever had anything to do with drugs. This is very similar to Shana Jack, the young swimmer. Mm. And it cost her, what, two or four years of her career, I'm not sure. Uh, Peter Bowl has released a statement, Rooch. I'll read it out. I think it's worth reading. Uh, Last month, I told everyone that I was innocent and asked that everyone in Australia believe me and let the process play out. I was hopeful that the process would exonerate me. Mm. This morning, I am relieved to report that it did. I was just informed that my B sample did not confirm my A sample. My provisional suspension has been lifted by Sport Integrity Australia. The relief I am feeling is hard to describe. I appreciate the support I've received from my family, my team and from so many people from Australia and around the world. The last month has been nothing less than a nightmare. I wish that the results of my A sample had not been leaked. I think that's important Mm. in itself. Um, But there is nothing I can do about that. To say it one more time, I am innocent and have never taken this substance I was accused of. I have never in my life purchased, researched, possessed, administered or use synthetic EPO or any other prohibited substance, and I never will. Signed, Peter Bowl. So while Peter has announced on his own Twitter account that he has been vindicated, Sport Integrity Australia is saying, no, this is not over. It's not an actual negative result. So there's a disparity between the A and the B, but they're not declaring the B as the clearing of this act. All right, we'll stand by. We'll see where this one goes. About that. Getting Mm. a few texts before we go to break about some of the great relationships. Here we go. Sean Tasker and Kathy Harvey until it went south. (laughs) I remember when they went out. Both lovely people. There's a fair few big love matches that went south, didn't they? Well, that happens in life routes. How did Jimmy Connors go? Yeah, Jimmy Connors and Chris Everett. Here's another one here. The text coming through. Michelangelo Rucci and a Peruvian parrot. (laughs) 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 And another one. Kim Dillon and a mirror. Mario from Maslin's Beach. Good on you, Mario. I can cop it, Roach. That's harsh. Give me that mirror. 
Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 18 on a Tuesday afternoon. We're live from Studio Limo SA right here at number one King William Street. If you're walking past, give us a wave. Say good day to the roots. Uh, Valentine's Day. Hope you're having a cracker. We've posed the question. Great sporting love stories. Uh, we've got one that's come through from Olivia from Broadview. Leighton Hewitt and Kim Clysters. Well, it was for a while. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, they don't all last do roots, don't they? No. Uh, do they? Not don't they? Some uh, yeah. do. There's a love story going on at the uh, Port Adelaide Football Club at the moment. They're in love with their leadership group. Yes. No changes. None whatsoever. Tom Jonas remains captain. Ollie Wines, the vice captain. And Darcy Byrne-Jones, the deputy vice captain. Are you happy with that? I like nice, neat, tight leadership groups. The ones that, like Sydney Variety. How, do, how many did Sydney have? Oh, they had that three, three co-captains. And, yeah. Yeah. Total on to In the end, if you're not in that leadership group at Sydney, you feel, what have I done wrong? Mm. Well, you're not a leader. <laughs> Tommy Jonas spoke today about retaining the captaincy. I mean, it's just a, a privilege more than anything to um, be given and shown that support by the club, Kenny, um, Chris Davies and the playing group. I'm just uh, yeah, honoured to lead the boys again with Darcy and Ollie and a couple of the emerging leaders that are um, you know, got, probably going to carry a little bit more of the responsibility as well. So really excited about bouncing back from 2022. I think it's fair enough, Rich. There was yep. some talk towards the end of the season. There's time for a change. I think one more. I would imagine there'd be a change at the end of that. And you can see Ollie Wines is certainly the successor this time around. So was there any talk of mm. handing over the captaincy? Yeah, we've been really open with those conversations in the last you know, six months since the season ended. And um, ultimately, um, Kenny and Chief made the decision um, and... I just want to do what was right for the club, whether it's it was me this year or it was another face. I think we've built a, a footy department and playing group that's got a lot of strong leadership and um, I'm just fortunate that this year it's me and then um, at the end of this year we'll, we'll deal with that again. Fair enough. You can have your say, 0427-154-166. If you're a Port supporter, uh, are you happy that there are no changes? Need to go to another break. On the other side of the break, we'll hear from Jordan Dawson. He was on Sports Day last night with Jared Healy and uh, Kane Corns, and he was posed the question about Tom Duday's reaction mm. to the decision. We'll hear that on the other side of the break. Uh, look, Valentine's Day, there's meant to be a lot of love. Mario, start being nice. You've had a crack at me, and I... Um, Affinity to mirrors. He also sent one about Malcolm Blight, <laughs> one of the great love stories. Malcolm Blight in a room full of mirrors. But if you if you're as good as Blighty, you'd have to be happy with yourself, wouldn't you? Well, his record allows him to boast, yeah. doesn't it? Have a look and at what I, he's achieved in football. I thought this was harsh, and I shouldn't ring it out, read it out, but yeah. I will, Rooch. Yeah. Any single woman in Adelaide should treat themselves today <laughs> and celebrate the fact that they are not dating Michelangelo Rucci. Oh, in that case, a big hug to Annie. Uh, Annie, yeah. And, Hug and uh, kisses, Annie. Anyone that would like to date Michelangelo, if you just want to send a message now, will give us a call on 1300 736 736. We need to get him loved up. Here's a good one from Lockie. Mm. Uh, Joe and Renee Ingalls. Yep. Yeah, great netballer and uh, Joey Ingalls uh, playing in America now. Mm. All right, we need to go to a break, Reach 22 past three. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 
327 on a Tuesday afternoon. Beautiful day outside. Coming up on the show, Alex Chidiak just after 3.30. Alex plays for the Matildas. The South Aussie now playing for Melbourne Victory. Oh, dear. That is not good. Mark Bickley will join us at 4 o'clock, now part of the SEN team. Really looking forward to working with Bix on our footy coverage. He made the right move. Yeah, he did. He made the right move. He said yes. Yes. Thanks to Optus. Appreciate their support. Where's Agar at uh, 4.30? Did we say yes with the Redbacks? Um, You're no. still not convinced, are you? What, well, you're saying you're convinced. Hey, hey I'm the hoping. track record tells you to be very, very cautious, doesn't it? Exactly. I am hoping. Yeah. Hey, we're thrown out because it's uh, Valentine's Day. Great sporting love stories. Jenny has sent through Luke Saville and Daria Gabrilova, now mm-hmm. Daria Saville. Uh, that's a uh, match made in heaven, Rich. Do you get that? Yes, yes. Boom, boom. Yes. Uh, what about Rory McElroy and Caroline Wozniacki when she was world number one? And I think he was world number one golfer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that went south. They were engaged and he yeah. called it off. Yeah, okay. That yes. happens. We want to be yes. positive. Yep. I'm not sure if this one's positive. I'll get your views on it. I'm not totally across it. Rich from Blair Athol was just sent through a text. Hello, Rich. It says, Rooch, with an oh, exclamation hello. mark. With right. an exclamation I'm mark. Fully focused now. I'll do it again. Rooch. Oh, right. You are a smart, educated port man. Well, that's an ox- that's an oxymoron, isn't it? Hey, eh? that was a joke. Well, I'm glad you're saying it's an oxymoron because that means all Port Adelaide people are smart and intelligent. Thanks for that. No, it doesn't. It means they're opposites when it's in the same sentence. Come on, you're the journalist. Uh, did you see the ultra lame post that Port Adelaide created today about Valentine's Day? Surely, after the year that they had and a coach in limbo. All they need to do is focus on football, uh, not this type of jargon. Welcome back, guys. Rich from Blair Athol. So what have they done? You've gone to the website. So we all understand, and we know there are split families, but they've recognised that not every Port Adelaide fan has a partner who's a Port Adelaide Mm -hmm. supporter. So they're saying, we're going to help you out with Valentine's Day by giving you these cards you can print off and send to your loved one. So the one, two, if you partner is a crow supporter, so to speak, Mm -hmm. says, we all make mistakes. Unfortunately, it's true. You chose the wrong team, but I still love you. And it applies with each one of them. But in the end, it all says, but I still love you. So that's what they've done. Rich, I think that's okay. A little bit of levity. That's what social media is, isn't it? And it draws people to the website. So Mm -hmm. then the sponsors can, they get more numbers. Yeah. yeah, Hits. But everyone's having a bit of fun on social media, yeah. aren't they? I don't think it's too bad, Rich. Elon Musk hasn't banned that yet, has he, on not, Twitter? Not, not at this stage, Rooch. Rooch, I did throw it out there that if um, you know anyone wants to marry the Rooch or date him, give us a call on 8223 0000. You shout it out to Annie. Guess who's on the phone? Oh, hello, Annie. <laughs> hello, boys. Happy Valentine's Day to you both. Oh, thank you. We don't get too many of those wishes now. <laughs> Yes, well, I I jumped in, I just said to Ben when I called up, I jumped in the car just as I'd knocked off work, and I just heard the tail end and heard my name called, like my name mentioned. So I thought I'd ring in, and although I'm not single, Mm. I would love to shout, Rooch, I'd love to shout you a coffee at the precinct one day. Let's do it. Let's do it, Absolutely. Annie. We'll be there together shortly. Yes. Yes. Do I need to worry yes, about your other half, there. though? Do I need to worry about your other half? Is oh, there no. any jealousy involved here? He's a... No, God, no. He's a freak tingle. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious, he's a... Annie. He's a... He's Annie. A... He is a freak tingle. 
single. Annie. I know. I know. <sighs> well, but least... he does love Port. The... Well, least... His favourite player was Robbie. Robbie Love, absolutely Ray. loves Robbie. And because um, I know Pep's very well, mm-hmm. um, obviously Johnny's met him um, a couple of times now because Pep's has come up to my place for dinner in the off-season. Very good. So he loves, he loves Pep's and he loves Robbie and he does like Port, whereas I'm completely the opposite. Yeah. I absolutely... Yes. Hate the crows. Oh, what about on Valentine's Day? Can't you say you like them or respect them? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you have your coffee with the Roach. Uh, he, he's looking a bit wild and woolly since coming back from Italy. The moustache is more like the big Merv Hughes handlebar moustache at the moment. So, oh, is it Roach? Oh, yes. We'll, we'll be renting out. Property in it shortly. Oh, really? Yeah, I hope so. Well, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to get him down to the barber and we'll get it trimmed up before you have your coffee date, Annie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great that you're back on good. board. We'll chat to you right throughout the season. Can't we need to go to this, the news. Annie. Had, had, had Annie match up with a crow support? Well, she wanted a half a decent conversation, Roach, maybe. I don't oh, know. Okay. All right, Alex. Well, it Chidiak. would be only half. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots with you on a Tuesday afternoon. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Pretty good Tuesday afternoon in little old Adelaide, Roots. It's time to talk soccer. The Women's World Cup kicks off in Australia in July and this Thursday is a lead-in to the big event. Australia takes on the Czech Republic, Spain and Jamaica in the Cup of Nations tournament. And one of the Matildas stars, a South Australian now playing in Victoria, Rich, for the mortal Ooh. enemy. We'll get Ooh. to that very shortly. Joins us now, Alex mm. Chidiak. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. How you doing? We might jump that hurdle right now. How do you go from <laughs> playing for Adelaide United to going to the mortal enemy in Melbourne victory? Look, um, it wasn't an easy decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, like all other Adelaideans, kind of grew up hating Melbourne victory. Um, <laughs> didn't really know the reason why, but that was just what we were told. And then, yeah, as I became a little bit older, um, making the switch was difficult, but I, I will always have a very soft spot for Adelaide United. Well, very well answered. You played for both Melbourne franchises as well, Melbourne City. Uh, 24 years of age, uh, how is life at the moment? It looks like you're living the dream, playing for the Matildas. Yeah, no, life's pretty good at the moment. It's been nice to be be home for the past four months, um, especially in Melbourne and, you know, kind of pick things back up with victory um, after our successful season last season. But, yeah, I'll be heading to the US soon, so just prepping myself for that at the moment. And then you'll be back, Alex, for the biggest international event that will be on the Australian-Canada this year with the Women's World Cup. Pressure or a dream? Which way will will the Matildas look at it? Are they under enormous pressure as a host nation with New Zealand or is it just a dream to put on the big show at home? Uh, I think it's more of a dream, to be honest, like something that, you know, all of us as as footballers dream of being able to play in a a World Cup on home soil. So I think we'll look at it as that and kind of just try and, you know, ignore all the outside noise as much as possible. Obviously, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of pressure from the outside, but, you know, in camp we're just focusing on, you know, day by day and, um, yeah, just going to be ready for that big occasion when it comes. Matilda's got a great record in the World Cup, qualified for all nine of them, get to the quarterfinals three times. 
what's needed to go the next step, at least to the semis and hopefully to the final? Yeah, I think in the you know past years we obviously had very strong squads, mm. um, but now a lot of the players have been based overseas and you know playing against a lot of the players that will come up against in the World Cup too. So I think that's probably been the biggest change um, from the last World Cups coming into this one. So now a lot of the players know what we're going to be coming up against, um, have a lot more experience playing different styles of football as well. So we'll be able to adapt to all the different countries that we'll face. Um, so I think it's probably you know, going to be the best one yet. Hopefully we can get the win. <laughs> I think everyone's saying that at the moment. But, um, but yeah, I think uh, we're definitely in a, in a good spot. Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, there's only two South Australians, yourself and Charlotte Grant, uh, in the Matilda squad for the World Cup. Is that right or wrong? Yeah, well, I mean, the final World Cup squad yep. hasn't been picked yet, but just for you know, for this camp, um, yeah, just the two of us. All right, and how's the preparation going? The first game kicks off on Thursday night against the Czech Republic. How's the preparation been? Um, yeah, good. I mean, we all we're still kind of been um, flying in from overseas. I was lucky, you know, in this short flight over from Melbourne, so um, was it here for the first day of training, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a different camp having the three games, but, um, you know, preparations are going well. We, we did a, a lot of tactical stuff today and have a big team meeting tonight um, too. So we're just trying to cram in a, a lot of information before that first game. You've had some indifferent form under the new coach. He's copped a little bit of criticism or scrutiny. It looks like you're starting to get your mojo back at the moment. How important is this tournament? Matilda's ranked 12 in the world, Czech Republic 28, Spain 7, Jamaica 44. Yeah, no, I think every you know game we have leading into the World Cup is super important, and I think it's pretty out there in the in the open that we're trying to replicate um, you know the teams that we'll be coming up against in that World Cup group stage. So we're treating it kind of as like a little pre-run to the the group stage. So this tournament's really really important for us, um, and we're definitely going out there to win it. Was it like the thought of who's going to make that final squad? How does that sit on your nerves mm-hmm. at the moment? <laughs> Yeah, it's obviously something that's in, in the back of my mind. Um, but yeah, I'm personally just trying to, to do the best I can in, in this environment. And, you know, you spend most of your time outside of that too. So when I go back to the US, just have to keep making sure that I'm performing and, you know, following the advice of the coaches and, and hopefully get picked for that final squad. But yeah, it's, it's pretty far um, ahead to think about. So just trying to keep myself in the moment and, and do the best at this tournament. I, I sense you're a little bit nervous about it. You've represented the Matildas on 17 occasions. So you, you feel like you're far from entrenched in the lineup. Yeah, definitely um, mm. far from it. I've, I've had a few a uh, few times where I've just missed out um, mm. on on major tournaments like Olympics and, and World oh. Cups. So this would be my first um, big one if I was to make it. But but yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, I'm still very much fighting for my position. So that's, that's where I'm at with this camp too, just making sure that, you know, I keep putting my best foot forward. You mentioned missing out on the Olympics. How do you deal with such awful news? Yeah, it's not easy, um, especially when after that had to be locked up in a hotel room for two weeks doing hotel quarantine and all I had to do was think about that. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it is difficult, but... That, that is part of the game. You know, there's only um, a certain number of players mm. out of the whole country that can make it. And at the end of the day, you can either choose to, you know, be really pissed off and mad about it, or you can, mm. you know, be happy for the girls that are there and know that, you know, you've just got to do a little bit more next time to, to make that squad. And I think, you know, if I do make this next one, it will make all of that worth it because I've, I've definitely put in a lot of work in this um, period in between uh, World Cups. 
Alex, there can't be a World Cup with some sort of political statement made. The last one had a fair few of the women's world players stand firm on equality. Where, where do you think that battle is now, getting equality for women in the world stage? Yeah, I think it's still an, an everyday battle. Um, you know, we're, we definitely stand firmly for that within our team. And yeah, um, hopefully, you know, this World Cup can, can be a big showcase of that as well. Mm. Well, we wish you all the very best on Thursday. We'll be watching with interest. It's going to be a wonderful tournament, uh, the Cup of Nations, where Australia will be taking on the other three countries, and that is the Czech Republic, Spain and Jamaica. First game routes gets underway Thursday night at 6.40. That's at the Central Coast. How's the stadium there? You happy with it? Yeah, no, it's a great stadium. Um, I think it's quite iconic in the A-League as well because you've yep. got the big... Um, I think tomato sauce and, and mustard <laughs> yeah, bottles, yes. um, which it's always been my dream to be able to celebrate a goal with those. So right. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully right. this Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Such lofty ambitions, Alex. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we hope it happens. We wish you all the very best. And if we don't speak to you beforehand, we wish you all the best with the Women's World Cup as well. Thank you very much. Good so, on you, Alex Chidiak there. So while we go through a preliminary event... Mm-hmm. All good for the organisers here in Australia. The big ones in New Zealand on Friday. We've got 10 nations seeking the last three spots in the 32 to make the World Cup. So it'll be a bit of heat in New Zealand as to who are going to be the final three qualifiers for this big event that's going to be on in Australia and New Zealand. It's going to be massive. We're, we're having games here in South Australia as yep. well. Yep, Marsh is all fitted for it. And Ready to as go. As I say, the world will be looking on. Hopefully it also will plant the seed to eventually get a men's World Cup in Australia too. Well, fingers crossed Mm. there. Uh, We've been involved in sport all our lives and it can produce many disappointments. Uh, That would be huge, wouldn't it, to miss out on the Olympics by a very narrow margin and then have to sit in a hotel room for quarantine for two weeks just pondering what could have been. Yes, yes. I'm sure they get the right support around them, but uh, that that would have been a hard pill to Mm. swallow. Hey, we're live and interactive. You can have your say, 0427-154-166. That's the text line. Or if you want to have a chin wag, 1300-736-736. This is The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 50 on a Tuesday afternoon. The sun is shining. We are live from Studio Luma at number one King William Street. 26 degrees outside, Rich. Is that accurate now? Looks like it's back working. I'll take your word for it. We'll go for 26. I'll double check that. What's the that time? Very shortly. I said 3.50, didn't well I? Boy. Make sure that that's right on there as well. Okay, thank you. Attention to detail, ticking all the boxes, Roach. Uh, Mark Bickley coming up at four o'clock, now part of the SEN team. Debut there is on the a man of show. detail as well. Yes, he is. He loves his weather vanes, doesn't he? And uh, uh, what is it? The water gauge. Water Rain gauge. Rainwater gauge. Rain yes. water gauge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to get a life fix. Um, has he had anything in it recently? Well, we'll find. I'm sure he will enlighten us. He gets I've been very, away, so I don't Has yeah. it rained in Adelaide recently? Yeah, or well, he'll be able to tell you that. Okay. He gets very aroused when there's a little bit of uh, moisture around, Rooch. Uh, <laughs> Wes Agar <laughs> at 4.30 yeah. will be joining us as well. Uh, a few texts coming through, a stack of texts, in fact. We'll try to attend to those. This one says, Afternoon, gentlemen. Can't say I'm happy about DBJ still being part of the leadership group. To be honest, I'm not sure he's even in Port's best 22. That's from Damien. Ooh. Rooch. 
It'd be interesting how Port Adelaide sets up that halfback line, isn't it? That whole defence. We'll go into that in greater detail as we they get do closer have, to the season. They do have a fair few of one type and not enough of the mm. others, do they? I'm very interested to see how Josh mm. Sin will progress this year. I was impressed yeah, with him. Yeah, he's in good. Nick. He, yeah, yep. he had injuries. Mm. Hey, let's go to the phones. You had a coffee with this gentleman over your break. Spoke to him this morning as yeah, well. Yeah, I Ange. hope you paid, Rooch. You owed him a coffee. Did you pay? I did pay, didn't I, Ange? Yes, good Good afternoon, fellas. Yes, he did. He, he paid quite handsomely. Offered, well done, offered, oh, offered, really? offered to buy a pastry as well, but he declined, Ange. Yeah. Keeping a slim yeah, figure. Trying to watch the waistline. Yeah, he, keeping he, a slim figure. He, he normally does a runner, Ange. <laughs> I, um, Ange, what have you what have you got for us? Um, are you tipping Port to make so, the look, eight this year? Hang on, I'll talk about that in a minute. Look, okay. Before I talk about Port Adelaide, I just want to uh, congratulate a young girl. Uh, her name's. Am I allowed to say her name? Am I allowed to say her name? What would help? Are you asking um, me? Or? Would help. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, her name is Miley Grigg. Mm. I coached her at Metro Stars back probably about five years ago. Mm. Um, and uh, as soon as she came to the club, she tried out for an all-boys team. As soon as she came, I, I could see she was an absolute champion. And I said to her parents, one day I think this girl may play soccer for Australia. Well, she's been chosen to play for the Matildas under-18 squad. Oh, good. Um, oh. So I just want to congratulate her. So, yeah, she's an amazing little girl. Yeah, so oh, Taking much of the credit there, Edge. No, none at all. Oh, okay. um, no, I'm just glad that she made it. I had good. a feeling that she was going to make it. She's just a standout. And, yeah, playing with a bunch of boys. So, be- be- no, it was good. Before um, we get on to serious matters, yeah. what was it like having a coffee with Roach? Oh, he's really good. No, it was great. He's, uh, yeah, he's a good man, Roach. I always knew he was a good man. He just, you know, you know sometimes I think he hangs around too many uh, Camry Crow supporters. But, you know, but no, he's all right. <laughs> he's okay. He's, and, and how much of the conversation uh, centred around the coach, Ken Hinckley? Very little. Mm, one eleventh. Very little. We spoke about okay. other things, yeah. Yes. So, it was a good, good time, a good opportunity to get to know Roach and him to get to know myself as well. So, yeah, it was good. Oh, beautiful. Now, what have you got for us? Now, look, I, I wanna, I'm a little disappointed. Did you hear um, um, Kane Corns' uh, editorial just before they interviewed Ken Hinckley last night? No. No, that would have been just after so we he finished him. So he spoke about um, Ken Inkley when he came to the club, where Port Adelaide were at that time, and uh, all the good things he did for the club. And it was really it was going really well. I thought it was, you know, it was all, you know, all true. And then he spoke about the supporters and how disappointed they were, and some of them wanted to have him sacked or whatever. And, uh, and then he spoke about how Port Adelaide won 36 premierships um, playing in an amateur competition. And I felt that that was really disrespectful oh. to, one, the Port Adelaide Football Club, the SANFL, and all the SANFL teams that play in that competition. Sure, I don't any, think SANFL anything but an amateur. amateur competition when, when they were going for sheep stations for a fair while there. Well, it was the highest competition you could play in. It wasn't even an amateur competition That's in the right. 80s. Now, and, and if you think about it, right, if he's calling that amateur... Does that mean that the four Australian championships that Port Adelaide won was amateur? Does that mean that the McGarry medal is an amateur medal? Does that mean that the the, the Ken Farmer medal is an amateur medal? I mean, we've had no. amazing players playing this. And I'm no, sure and I'll tell, tell you what, Ange, the professionalism of a competition doesn't need to be measured by how many dollars are in the pay packets of its players. Like There were, there were moments in South Australian football history where guys were actually... Paying to play, for, you know, paying for their jumpers. They were 
and they were as Committed. Port Adelaide players of the 80s used to say to John Cale, they felt every weekend they were going out to war to oh. defend their patch. They were I think very I professional. I, I didn't hear it, Ange, but um, he may have been using the word amateur in reference to they weren't full-time professionals, so I can't speak on no, his no, behalf. I don't no, know the tone no. of the conversation, but um, it was the if highest competition you could play in. If that's the case, the word amateur shouldn't be used when you're talking about mm. premierships in the SAFL. No, okay? no, um, I just think it's a little bit disrespectful. That's right, all. Fair enough. Well, we'll ring up on his show and have a crack. Uh, yeah, well, another right, another get... amateur about that 1972 North Adelaide team. Mm. And they proved it when you know it was a Champions of Australia title on the line. Hey, we've got uh, Simon waiting to have his say. And just quickly, we will get you on in the next month, but just uh, give us a little insight. Uh, Port mate the eight this year? Or are you going for another coffee that they won't? Oh, jeez. No, I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they will. I don't, oh, know. I don't know who's going to come out of the eight. All right. I, well, I don't know who's going to come out of the eight. So we, I, don't we will, we I, don't, will, I don't think they will. We'll speak to you. We'll, we'll get you to sit tight on that one and we'll get your definitive opinion the week before the season gets underway. Hey, good on you, Ange. We always love having a chat. Let's go to Simon now. G'day, Simon. Hello, how are you doing, Kim? Yeah, Michael good, thanks. Happy New Year Hello, to you. Simon. Thanks a lot. Um, just trying to get Harry Himmelberg to the Crows somehow. He's on the free agents list. I reckon there's a bit oh, of upside okay. due right. to age, um, relationship with his brother, maybe improve his game. Uh, 26, can play either end of the ground. They that means a, he they sort they of covers that. Uh, covers our 22-year-old defenders and, and techs when he finally decides he's had enough. Yeah. I just think for a four- or five-year proposition, someone like him would be ideal. I like it. Might improve yeah. his brother's yeah. game at the same time. Yeah, well, how, apparently just he's training... Just might improve the, his brother's game. Yeah, training the house down, uh, his brother is. But, uh, yeah, Harry's strong overhead too, so he'd be very nice in the other uh, The defense. problem is, though, um, the problem is he's a uh, free agent. So we either have to match them or add to it, don't we? Yeah, you got to pay overs when yeah, you drag someone pay, out. Yeah, you got to have to pay yeah, more than. And, and, mm. and part of me also thinks that's half the reason they might have got rid of, say, your Tarantos and your Hoppers to, to make some room for people like that. Mm. So, but I just thought, for a, from a Crows perspective, for the next four or five years, while he's in his prime, either into the ground. Just, I just thought it'd be magnificent fit. Oh, I so think we should look at that free agency list. No, we'll, we'll do that, Simon. Yeah. And the other thing is, uh, my understanding is Adelaide have a bit of room in the salary cap. They, they certainly yep. will the following year. Mm. I like it, Simon. Uh, nah. Just a quick one: the Crows right. make the eight. Yeah, or, the Crows make the eight or not? Uh, not quite. Not I'm quite. a Crows fan. Uh, I reckon Port will. Ooh. yeah, I think I'm with yeah. you on both counts. I think Crows uh, Port will just make it, and Portal Crows will just miss out at this stage. Good on you, Simon. Appreciate your views there. Here's a controversial one. Costa likes stirring the pot, Roach. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Okay. It's a bit of a long one. Lads, did you hear Kane's intro into the Ken Hinckley interview yesterday? Waving his pom-poms, telling everyone about his great mate. Can you ask Michelangelo why the club dislikes Warren Treadray so much? You could hear in Ken's voice, and it's well known. Is it because Warren is truthful in his opinions where the club prefers media personalities such as Kane and yourself, Rooch, who can't have a negative opinion towards the club. It's from Costa. Well, a bit hard for me to speak on behalf of whatever you know, others are thinking of Warren Treadray, but mm. Warren's a, a premiership captain. 
marvellous player he was at his time. But that explanation of Ken Inkley yesterday and of David Kosh, well, there is a pathway to the board. Mm. Uh, you do get – look, no one's going to knock Warren Treadray's contribution to the football club as a player and also his devotion to it. But that thought, you know, you, you put a bit of skin in the game first and then go for the board or you go through that member's election. I can understand that argument as well. Yep. But the text message points out it, what it's virtually saying there, isn't it? That we know that Warren Treadray has a, perhaps a different point of view to what is existing at Port Adelaide at the moment. I don't mind contrary points of view. I've got no problem with that at all. And, and Warren's got his own platform now to express them. I would love to see him put up his hand and go for the members' vote for the board. Well, I think that was Koshy's point, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, he didn't think it was right to make a captain's call on catapulting him into the onto the board. Mm. And uh, there is an avenue there if he wants to get there. But get back involved with the club. Disappointed that just Darren Cale couldn't make it all fit. I know he's got a lot of things on his plate, but he was... He was so important to Port Adelaide last year. He's a quality human. Hey, here's a quickie. We've got the four o'clock news coming up. This is Kane's quote. I think it puts it in context. Mm. Um, there's no name here, but uh, it says, the club is unique with a rich history of success. The fans who remain from the Sandfall era where Port Adelaide won 36 premierships expect to win a premiership every second year. That was in an eight to 10 team amateur competition. This is the AFL and those unrealistic expectations hinder rather than help. Yeah, I wouldn't have called it an amateur competition. No, I get where he's coming yeah, from, though. I, yeah, we know the context. The, the Sandful, the AFL, Sandful of a previous, even VFL of a previous year compared to what yeah. the AFL is now, totally, totally different. Let's get a different don't view on it. call it an amateur league. No, let's get a different view on it. A man that played in that, if you want to call it, amateur era at South Adelaide and then went on to captain the Adelaide Crows. Oh, yeah. He joins us next, Mark Bickley. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Four minutes past four, appreciate your company. We're live and interactive. one 736 736 If you want to have a chat to Roots or myself or send a text on 0427-154-166. Mark Bickley, only moments away, now part of the SEN team doing brekkie. Uh, with Jared Walsh in the morning, uh, great acquisition to the station. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yes, and on Mondays you can hear Kane and Bucks, and on Friday you can hear Kane and Kingy. We'll be getting Kingy on to have a look at the list. After he's all. been very busy, David King, going to a lot of club pre-season sessions and doing some pretty big notes. He's going to be well informed as to who's flying and who isn't at the moment. All right, let's uh, go to a text. Our next guest is uh, on the line, Roach, and uh, I'll read this text before I introduce him. I know that he is listening. This says, afternoon and welcome back, Kimbo and the Roach. Well, they say all good things must come to an end. Pardon? And I was a little disappointed to hear that SEN have sold their soul to the franchise for the breakfast show. I will listen in with trepidation to Captain Elbows oh. and give him a go. But as they say, not happy, Jan. Sadly, Alan from Alberton. Well, what a welcome that is for Mark Bickley. Hello, Bix. Can't please them all, Mark. <laughs> hey, gentlemen, how are you? No, well, sorry to Alan from Alberton, but oh, well, at least he hasn't uh, just 
said, I'm turning off. He, he no, said, you'll give, give us a go. So um, let's, we'll try and win him over, perhaps. I but reckon got, you will. I think you will be. Oh, so, Jared Walsh there, who's a uh, staunch Port Adelaide supporter, yes. does all their on-ground announcing. He lives in the port. So uh, hopefully we, we have a little bit of balance on the show. Now, yeah. Mark, what time are you setting the alarm? <laughs> it was about 4.45 this morning. I had Ooh. plenty of time. So I think I can probably creep another 15 minutes in. <laughs> but uh, just starting to get a little bit, starting to flag a little bit just now. One uh, day. Come on, Rich. I mean, buddy, a big day. Come on. The tank will be empty by Thursday. <laughs> it'll be gone. No, I'll be right. We'll just, it's just, you know, first day. It takes a little bit of time to get into a routine, so we'll, uh, we'll be fine, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm with Alan now. You've sucked up big time. I did it for 10 years, Bix. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And five yeah, days a week too. That's uh, why you're a star. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how was it this morning? And uh, you mentioned Jared Walsh. He's an absolute ripper, and of course does all the ground announcing. Well, for many different mm. uh, franchises and sporting organisations, but uh, he's Port Adelaide through and through. How did it go this morning? Yeah, no, it was good. Good fun. We had uh, a couple of uh, really good guests. Son Malcolm Blight was really interesting. He spoke about Jason Horn francis and what he would do with him in regards to uh, starting him off on a half-back flank. He, he said, don't try and rush him through the midfield. And he, he brought up some examples and used Danny McLeod as an example of, of a young player who just eased himself into footy. Uh, and then once he got his confidence playing in that position, was able to then sort of, pro- sort of progress into the midfield. So he was sort of uh, suggesting not to put too much pressure on on Jason too early. So that was rather interesting. And he, he also shared some thoughts on Jordan Dawson as well. He thought he was a you know, a pretty wise choice and he liked what he saw last year in terms of um, his direction out on, on the park. And he thinks he's got some, some opportunities, which I tend to agree. I, I think there's, uh, um, I think it's, uh, you know, in terms of no nonsense types, I think he's, um, he's, so far, he's really let his actions do sort of all his talking. And so we haven't sort of been exposed a whole lot to Jordan Dawson. We don't know a great deal about him. Mm. We've only seen him for one year. But I think everything that we've seen, we've liked. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, his progression as we get, you know, an understanding of what he stands for and, um, you know, and how he's going to lead the Adelaide Footy Club. Now, as a former captain, Bix, what advice would you have for him in terms of being a captain? And it would have been daunting for you to take over initially. Hmm. Look, I, I think one of the traps that you often fall into is trying to be everything to everyone mm. and and trying to, uh, you know, go over and above what you have to do. Like, yeah. and, and the bit of advice that was really uh, sort of pertinent to me was someone said, well, look, there's a reason why you've been, you know, uh, voted in or, or selected as captain, and that's because you're doing most of the stuff, you know, already. So you don't have to do any more. You just have to keep doing what you're doing and... and um, and so that's, I reckon, a really good starting point. And some of the stuff I've heard um, Jordan talk about, which is around, you know, caring for his teammates and building relationships and, you know, maintaining high standards. Well, clearly, that's what his teammates have seen to be able to sort of put him into that echelon, you know, in that voting system to, to get him up there as captain. So, you know, I think he's probably been doing the right thing now for, you know, all the pre-season and probably for the back half of last year, you know, since he's really started to put his stamp on the, on the place. So... That would be my advice. He's, he's clearly going to have a little bit more attention and, um, uh, you know, he hasn't been someone who's been prolific sort of off the field in terms of media, you know, speaking and, and that sort of stuff. So yeah. it would be a bit of a extra curricular stuff for him and he'll get up to speed with that pretty quickly, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I, 
it's not a huge change, particularly once you once you get to 25, 26, 27, you know what the cape is about, you know how to prepare yourself really well to play good footy, and that's that's a really big start, you know. I think Malcolm, actually Malcolm Blight said to me when I sort of, with the first game or two that he, he uh, when I was sort of starting off as captain, he said, as a starting point, if you do nothing else uh, other than just lead really well on the park and set a great example, he said that's, you know, you're three parts of the way there. So that, that's probably the the best bit of advice that I would give to, to Jordan, play really good footy um, and, you know, continue doing what you're doing on the training track. Mark, what are your thoughts on having a captain or co-captains or a captain, vice-captain, deputy vice-captain as Portav or a leadership group? There's so many different models in this game at the mm. moment. What What are your thoughts on what is practical to a footy club? Yeah, look, I'm not sure there's a huge difference, to be quite honest. Um you look at Adelaide, let's say Adelaide go with Jordan Dawson and let's say they go with Tom Zude, mm-hmm. uh, Riley O'Brien and, and Ben Keyes as you know three other members of the leadership group yep. and maybe one more. There might be Brodie Smith might have been in there last year as well. So they've mm-hmm. got you know, effectively four vice-captains or four members of the leadership group. You know, if, when you look at Port Adelaide, you look at Port... And, and just, sorry, go back. Then you chuck in Sloan and Walker who are who are former leaders of the club, but still still talk and still lead and do all that sort of stuff. So then you look at Port Adelaide, and they've got a captain, a vice-captain, and a deputy vice-captain, but they've also got Travis Boak, um, and they've also got uh, Charlie Dixon now, who's 32 years of age, and they've got you know other players who are really experienced as well, who yeah. have been around for a long time. So in the end, it's it's not one person with a the title alongside their name that has got the entitlement to, to be a leader. It's just everyone out on the field. And, you know, I heard Ken Hickley talking on SEN, uh, I think it was last night, when he was talking about, you know, he's expecting more leadership from Connor Rosie and and, mm. uh, and Butters this year, you know, as they progress, you know, in their football journeys. And, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, Ryan Burton and Todd Marshall, all those players now who have got team security, they know what the Cape is about. The next development for them and the development for Port Adelaide is about how do we get lots of on-field leaders? So when there's pivotal moments in games, there's you know experience or coolness or calmness needed that those players can just execute how they they need to do and and do it really well. And that's what you look at Geelong last year. You know that's one of the things. The advantage is they've got such a an old team, and that a lot, a lot was made of that about you know their um, you know how's it going to go and can they sort of maintain fitness and form for a full season. But what we didn't perhaps factor in was that experience factor and, and how when you stay calm and you you know you, you know exactly how you want to play and how to get yourself up, um, how important that is. And you just ran through Geelong's premiership side. There's just experienced players everywhere and they just look like come grand final day, they knew exactly what they had to do, exactly how to do it. So... You know, maybe we underestimate that a little bit. And if you've got leaders all over the park, that's a huge bonus. Sorry. Got a number of texts coming through. Bix, we'll let you get to bed shortly. We know you're a little bit puffed. Uh, this one <laughs> says, uh, Chopsy from Cheltenham, you'll get used to some of these texts. Uh, if Port had got in the AFL in 1990, Mark Bickley would have been a Port legend. And we'll, we'll take that as a statement. Who did you barrack for? I was a Port Adelaide fan. Was, Big yeah. Port Adelaide fan yeah. when I grew up, actually. So um, came down... I actually was really fortunate because I went to the 79, 80 and 81 grand finals of which Port Adelaide won all three. And um, I had a, a really close family friend who played a bit of reserves footy for Port Adelaide and, and knew a lot of people. And we ended up in the change rooms after the game and down at Alberton on the Sunday. So I've got um, 
a rich heritage of, of supporting Port Adelaide. But what happened when I started at South Adelaide, we were sort of at the wrong end of the ladder, unfortunately, and Port were, were fantastic. And the first, I reckon, three times we played Port Adelaide, we lost by about 100 points. So mm. it wasn't much fun. And um, Scott Hodges kicked 10, 9 and 12, I reckon, in the three games we played mm. against them in, that was 19... 89 and 1990 when he was just right on top of his game. Was that Johnny Reed coaching then? Yep. Yeah, Johnny Reed uh, recruited me to South. And uh, then he, in 89, we won a handful of games. Uh, the year before in 88, we'd won one game. Mm. And then we made the finals in 90. Then I started in 91 with the Adelaide Footy Club. And South Adelaide ended up going on to be minor premiers in 91 with Mark Naley and Matthew Clark amongst others. Mm. And um, and then bombed out in straight sets in the finals, unfortunately. So it's been pretty lean pickings. That that may well be the last time they finished as minor premiers all, all those years ago. So let's hope they um, they do something this year because I've heard some really good things about the uh, the Panthers as they get through preseason, which is great news. Yeah, everyone's second side at the moment. We're on board. 1964 is way 64. Yeah. Way too long to be waiting. Yep. yep. Last text, uh, Bix, because we need to get to a break. Uh, this is from Daniel. Will the pride of South Australia be part of the coverage of all Crows games in 2023? Most definitely, yep. Yeah, of course, AFL Nation are doing all the uh, Power and Crows games. So, yes, we'll be a part of that, which I'm really looking forward to. As you know, Kim, it's, um, it's one of the great pleasures that we have, getting along to, to commentate the games. And we get the best seat in the house and we enjoy all the... Uh, the enthusiasm and the excitement. So, uh, yeah, I'll be looking forward to probably joining yourself amongst others and uh, yeah, having a great time. Yep, the old firm will be back together. Me, David Wildey and yourself and uh, Kano as well. Looking forward to it, Bix. Uh, we'll tune in at 6am tomorrow. Have a great sleep. Uh, do you want me to ring you at 4.30? No, I should be right, mate. Thank, thank you very much. Good <laughs> talking to you, boys. Good on you, Bix. Uh, running late for a break. Uh, Benny's waving his arms around. Yeah, I think he's pointing out that John Olsen will be joining them tomorrow oh, morning. Oh, right. Pro's okay. chairman, so that'll be an interesting interview, particularly when the question of Thebiton gets brought up. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting how that all plays out this year. Oh, they're getting some big names. They had the Premier on this morning, Peter Malinowskis. We need to go how's, to a How's his love affair with the New South Wales Premier guard? Well, well That's why? not love there. Isn't it? No. Really? Maybe a truce would be held on Valentine's Day. Well, perhaps the bloke in Sydney should grow up. What's his name? I couldn't even pronounce it, Kim, <laughs> but I wish he would grow up. It's 416. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 421, great to have a chat to Vicks. You can hear in between 6 and 8.30 to between Tuesday and Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with uh, Jared Walsh. And, of course, on Mondays, Kane Corns and Nathan Buckley. And on Fridays, Kane Corns and Kingy, David Ooh, King. It could get interesting at times. Yeah, well, that's why he's yeah. there. Uh, he's getting a little bit of traction, too, in regards to those comments. I'll get to those texts very, very shortly. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Where's Agar's coming up from the Adelaide Redbacks just after 4.30. Text from Annie. Oh, excuse me, I've got to clear my throat. Okay there, Kim. I am now. Uh, and he says, have I missed uh, Zachy Butters or is he not coming on? We did say we thought Zach could be on today. Mm. I can tell you he won't be part of our regular team this year. He loves us. Sent us a lovely message, Rooch. Oh, but good. I believe, I don't want to do any spoilers, but I believe he's going to Channel 9. Really? Not sure if the deal's done, but I think that's what may be happening. But uh, now, 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 hang on. What? Hang on. You sign these guys up, mm -hmm. right, which is great. 
Yeah. But when free agency happens, you're losing far too many of them. No, well, well, what's going on here, Kim? Roach, uh, yes. it happened with Tommy Janus. That's my point. Bro- Brody Smith. Yeah. Oh, we, 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 we educate We start them, them up, yep. put them on the road to fame. They become free agents. But I'm happy with that, Roach. So you just want a revolving door here, do you? I'm like the sand fork. It gives me great pride. Can, <laughs> you know, get right. more money elsewhere. Hey, hey look, before <laughs> anyone sends in a text message, it's where's Agar? Oh, sorry. Yes, I know. Right. I've, I've, so did I say that, did yes. I? I apologise. Thought I'd better get in quick on that. I don't one. have a problem with it. I was wrong. Uh, here's a text. Um, all the idiots in Victoria want... This, I'm just reading it out. Mm. Uh, this is from Chopsy. All the idiots in Victoria want VFA premierships counted. Cane Corns needs to grow up and stop saying sensationalist rubbish every minute. That's from Chopsy. That's in regards to referring to the Sandfall as uh, amateurs or the premierships won there. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, not, sure I, not sure I would use the word amateur. I think you can make the contrast that all those competitions were suburban leagues. Mm. We've now developed a billion-dollar national league with huge demands. And by the, but the st- demands on the players in the sample, the waffle, the VFL, there's a were few very, very much demanding yeah. on those players. And I think technically you can't say they weren't professionals because once you're paid in the technical term, hey, we, not, we saw a lot of brown a, paper bags you, in the eighties. You are not an amateur once no, money is exchanged, not. I believe. Uh, here's Matter a text. of fact, there is a famous sample footballer. Who was denied Olympic status because of that? Who was that? Jeff Kingston. Oh, he wasn't allowed to go yachting at the Olympics because he got paid as a sample footballer. He a great yachtsman, was he? Loves the yachting, yeah. Really? So hardly an amateur. Uh, his, oh, we need to go to a break again yes. uh, because we were late with Bix. Blakey, again. Blake sent one through. First one Hello, for Blake. 2023. Hi, Kimbo and Mr. 95%. Yeah, all oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. He's like, uh. an, he's like an elephant. Mm. Uh, just wondering if Roach knows when the next chance port members have to vote someone onto Koshy's handpicked board. Yes. Uh, will be interesting to see if Treadray puts his hand up. Surely this current crack he's had is just a clever way to build publicity and member support for when the time is right. Well, it'll be interesting who he's up against as a past player because there can only be two. Is that right? I would like both clubs, Adelaide and Port Adelaide, to work their constitution through. It's got to reach a point whereby, like so many other clubs, there's got to be at least three, maybe four, at least four members of that board who are elected by the membership base. Mm. This, This notion of co-opting people on and just getting the AFL to give them a tick, not sitting too well with me. Well, having a vote doesn't guarantee you get the best people for the job. I understand that, but I think the members deserve the right to actually have a fair say on who's on their board. I don't don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's fine if they can get a couple that they want. But a lot of these past players are not qualified. I understand that. Too. Running big yep. corporations like a football club. Yep. Uh, quick text. We've got to go to a break. Uh, we have to go to a break. I need to stop saying gotta. Mm. It's not a word, Rooch. No, it isn't. Welcome back, legends. Hello. Oh, hello. All right. We'll take that. Uh, 2022 big calls. Crows finish higher than Port. And Rucci finally races Rowie over 100 metres before the showdown. And we know... Bix is close to row and can organise it. That's from Daniel. Well, are they close? Dun, dun, dun!
Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 431, we'll jump into this pretty quickly. We're meant to be going to the news, Roach. We'll catch up on a few texts, though. Here's one, no name. It just says, how dodgy is this Crows development at Thebby Sounding with the council? I don't think it's been dodgy. Uh, yeah, I would dare say there'd be a few people who wish they could have that time all over again. All righty, we'll go to another one. Crows is open board at the end of 2024 or the beginning of 2025. That's from Michael. Yeah, I'm not convinced on that. All right. This one says Warren Treadray. Sorry, just to explain that, because the notion is once, remember how they bought uh, their licenses back independent off the sample, and then there was this period, so it's clearly 2014, that's saying 2025, so it must have been 12 years until you then get your license in your club's hand. I doubt that any club will have every board member elected by the members. John John Olson will be on yeah. tomorrow morning with the boys, Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Uh, if you want to explore that a little bit further, ring through and ask that question or send a text. Even the big Collingwood Football Club doesn't have every board member elected by the members. Here's one from Maxie before we go to the news. He says, hey guys, I hope you enjoy this creative text. Mm-hmm. So we're all wondering what the secret herbs and spices the Indian curators sprinkled on the pitch. One thing is certain that the Aussie batsman we're on the menu. Boom, boom. Right. Good on you, Max. Uh, news coming up. Then right. we're going to have a chat to the big paceman himself, Wes Agar. Well said. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Beautiful Tuesday afternoon, Valentine's Day, a lot of romance in the air. We posed the question about great sporting love stories. Uh, Text has come through from Adam, says Grant Filkey and Michelle Dendecker. Now, Michelle was captain of the Australian netball team. Grant Filkey, a McGarry medalist in the Sandful and an inaugural Adelaide Crow. Great love story. Knew them both. We appreciate that one. Right. Um, Well, if love is in the air. Yes. Is there any faith building in the air? How do you have faith now in the Redbacks, Kim? Well, don't throw it back on me, Roach, when you know we've got a guest that plays for him that's on the phone at the moment hearing everything we say. I'm not sure. Is it an aberration? Is it an illusion? They've won the last two. They've been scratchy for a few seasons. They're third on the table. They are sitting there in third place, and Wes Agar played a big hand taking six wickets in the last match. Uh, And he joins us now. G'day, Wes. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Has the letterbox been full of love today? Have you received Valentine's Day <laughs> cards from everyone? Oh, I think I just got a little text from the girlfriend, and that's about it today. We're back at training, ready for our one day tomorrow. So mm. uh, oh, excited right. for it. So you okay. got a message from her. What about you, your old romantic? What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a big believer in it, but uh, I think... Uh-huh. It, I think it might be a little dinner just to make up for that anyway. <laughs> okay, so just to clarify that, you're not a big believer in romance or you're not a big believer in Valentine's Day? In Valentine's Day. I'm not a big believer in the Valentine's Day, uh, I don't know, miss, but uh, it's a good excuse anyway. Oh, beautifully it's answered. Your loved ones there, I keep saying. Yeah, well, Wes, answered. we're loving your work. Yes, the big man. Yeah, it's been good. We've, um, we've started well uh, in this second half of the year and... Hopefully tomorrow we can continue the form we had in the Shield season. 
What's different? Mm. Mm, I just think we're we're toughening up as a group. We've had um, some new players come in, some honest conversations with each other, and we're starting to flow really well and gel as a group, and we're starting to have that hard edge. And winning some games always helps, you know. They say good teams know how to win, and to know how to win, you've got to win first. So we've got a few wins in the one-day cup, and we've translated that into our last two Shield games. Wes, you've been here for a little while now. Have you felt the frustration? The natives have been getting restless. Uh, it's not like in the AFL when supporter bases are quite brutal, but there has been a groundswell of what the hell is going on with the Redbacks for a while now. We all love Dizzy. We get him on the show regularly. Have you felt that external pressure? Yeah, you you do feel it. You know, um, being here for a while now, it, it takes no um, no smart man to realise that. Like mm. South Australia is such a proud state. Um, they love their their state, whatever sport it's playing, and you feel that you feel that pressure to perform to make to make the supporters proud and. When we're not performing, we, we know that we're not doing the right thing. But then when you get that added pressure, you really want to want to start winning some games. And we definitely felt it, but I think we've taken it with Dizzy in the right way and, and had a real deep, hard look at, at what maybe was going wrong and trying to rectify those things. We know it's going to take time, but I think we started going from losing games to then mm. being positions to win games and drawing. And now we're trying to, we're translating that into a few wins. And... If we win one more in the in the one day, is we're we're into that one day final, and we're we're sitting good on that on that shield table, and we need to win a few more of that, and we're up right up there again. We're talking about tough decisions. Dizzy Gillespie certainly made a fair few of them in the off season to give us a new squad here in South Australia. Who have you seen grow the most this season to actually make this impression with the Redbacks? That's a great question. I think um, having the input of um, ben Menanti has been massive for our yep. group. He's a, he's not only a great player, but a great competitor, but also he's not shy to have honest conversations. And I think that's something you need in a, in a young group, someone to hit you between the eyes with something if it's not going right, or even if it is going right, to, to just keep us in check. And I think in backing up that question that you've asked, to see the way Nathan McSweeney's come out um, for a young player um, and perform the way he has in, in the last year, has been incredible. I think he's growing so much and he gives us so much in that middle order. And if we can have someone performing in that middle order consistency like he does, um, it puts, sends us a long way to winning games of cricket. 104 runs, uh, Nathan McSweeney off 131 balls. Is that the way he goes about it normally? Uh, yeah, I think he's he's a natural stroke player. He works really hard in his game. Um, he might be small in stature, but he packs a punch with the bat and I think that's something that he's worked on really well. And we saw it translate in the big bash as well for the Brisbane Heat when he got that 90 at the Gabba and then made runs again in the BBL finals. So he's growing as a player. He's he's a born leader um, and he's doing really well for us. Now on Monday, you travel to the Junction Oval to take on Victoria. You're a Victorian. What were your views of South Australia as a state mm. before you came over here, Wes? Because as a little brother state, uh, we cop a little bit from across the border from time to time. Yeah, I didn't not really know too much about South Australia at the time, I guess. I was quite naive to what the other states do and how they go about things. Um, so I guess I always watched, and, and we, South Australia had a really good team back then. Yeah. They had um, the likes of Darren Lehman and Gillespie and Sean Tate, Graham Anu, um, Doc mm-hmm. Harris. So um, I think even Adam Blizzard played a, played a year over here. So did, yep. um, seeing, seeing those players, I think I, you always saw the talent that was in South Australia and the, ta- and the 
flair that they played with. So the show has always been a side. I think that plays uh, with freedom uh, as a figure of speech. And I think that's something that continues through. Um, but being here, I've just noticed how, how warm everyone is and how great um, this state is and how passionate they are. So even though we do fail, um, when we do succeed, it's so great to have people get around us and to get messages or be in a cafe and someone to say, well done, it means mm. a lot to us as players. Yeah, because you've been here about seven years now, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. I've been here a long time. I can proudly say I call this place home, um, and it's for those exact reasons. Have you got some favourite parts, like the Adelaide Hills? Do you get to do the wineries, McLaren Vale? What surprised you about the state? I do love the Adelaide Hills. It's probably my favourite part about this state. I've just got a place up there um, now, and I live up in the Adelaide Hills um, at the moment. So I think that's my favourite. I love Stirling. I think that's my favourite suburb. And even my brothers, when they come and visit, they always go, let's go get uh, coffee in Stirling. Let's go visit. So um, I think that would have to be my favourite. Wes, in terms of the switch of results for the Redbacks, was it a case of working harder or working smarter or working both harder and smarter? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a mixture. I think the group we have um, demands of each other to work harder um, and to work hard in terms of training hard, but I think it's com- more conversations had. Um, the ability to analyse game post and pre to look at opposition and to be able to adapt quickly um, to the situations has, has held us in good stead. I think in the past you can get caught into going through the motions and not reading the games or just sort of letting games peter out. Um, but having the ability to adapt in mid-game, to have conversations around, for example, if a batter gets in, what are our plan A, B and C or B, C and D to, to get that player out? Rather, if plan A doesn't work, we get a bit stuck and, and continue yeah. doing what we're doing, even though it's not. So having structure um, really helps us and having those meetings have really helped. But that's a matter of individual players having conversations in the train rooms going, I think this is our strength. I think this is this guy's weakness and we can build a plan around that. You must have a bit of confidence now. How are you feeling about your career? You're the 2021 Bradman Young Cricketer of the Year. You've got a bit of experience now. Uh, where do you sit with your aspirations to represent the country? Uh, yeah, I feel quite confident in my game. I think my career to date has been a little bit um, of a roller coaster ride. Um, mm. Started really well and then had some down periods, but I think I've found a, a nice sweet spot at the moment where you go through these times in your career and, and it makes you really understand your game a lot more. And I'm very confident in what I need to do be, to be ready and what I need to do to be at my best. Um, and I know that my best is good enough to play at that next level. So always aspiring to play at the next level um, and to keep performing. But I think doing my job in South Australia, as cliche as it sounds, creates that um, to happen anyway. So I really want to win games for South Australia and um, that's my that's my goal. I'm good at the silly questions. What do you prefer, Shield one day or the 2020? Oh, I'm probably going to lose a few fans, but I, I really do love playing 2020 cricket. Um, yeah. I, I, I enjoy the cat. Well, I, I really enjoy the cat and mouse of the game. Um, being able to, to, to try and read a batter, what he's trying to do, is he going to come hard at me? What's his play in the game? Can I double bluff him and, and manipulate a field to make him think that I'm going to do something and do the opposite? Or And you can really outsmart batters and, and play that cat and mouse game and you feel really in the game in that sense. Um, but then Red Bull cricket has its pleasures as well. Like 
the feeling of grinding for four days and eventually overworking a side and, and having that win. Um, nothing beats that feeling, but I think if, if I'm going a general feel at the moment, I really do like the white ball format of the game, but at the, I, I like them all. And the craft of a fast bowler now, because of the introduction of the 2020 format, uh, is so much broader, isn't it? Uh, the tricks you have to have in your kit bag, not just the slower ball, but there's the, the slow bouncer as well. The, the, there's so many different deliveries you guys have to try and perfect. Yeah, you do. And you come you come to the Big Bash each year thinking you've got a good array of tricks and you'll have to adapt again and something will change and you'll have to create a new ball because batters have worked you out. Just like I was saying before, you have mm. your plans. To them, they, they do just as much work on you. So you're always going to adapt and evolve and change. Um, and I think that's that's a great thing as well. So you've got to have your slow balls, your Yorkers, um, a ball that goes away from a batsman, a ball that comes back into them. So you've got to be working on that um, relentlessly and endlessly. You say the batsmen work you out. Have they worked out Rashid Khan? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone can work him out, and that's why he's the best in the world. Um, no, nah, he's great. He's so good for our franchise. Um, he's been so good for our franchise for a long time now, and hopefully he um, plays a few more years yet. So where's if Test cricket is the classic and it is the real test of, that's why it is test match cricket, the test of what the game is all about. And now we've got 2020 that is fast and furious. What's happened to the 50 over game? Where does that fit in our whole thinking of what cricket's about? I'm not 100% sure to be to be brutally honest with you. Um, I think it's probably the, the format that, that's maybe struggling, for lack of a better word, the most in, in the cricket sense. Um, I think it's still a great development for our young players in Australian cricket. Mm. Um, you have players 18, 19, 20 who, who come into Big Bash for three months of the year and, and show that they're capable. Um, but Shield cricket is such a hard game mentally, physically uh, on a player. So having the one-day format to, to be able to bleed young players in, um, to able to trial them in, in, first, in state cricket, I think that's where it's important is, is still there. And I think it, it will hold its place, um, even though it may be just losing a little bit of interest from, from okay. other parties. Well, I think it's on the slide purely because they took it off free to wear. And uh, if you don't see it, people forget it. That's just an editorial comment. You've got a one-day game tomorrow. You take on WA. That's at the Adelaide Oval. Gets underway at 2.05. We wish you all the very best, Wes. And uh, let's hope you continue this great form for the Redbacks and our one-day side. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Hopefully we can get a win. Yes, Good on you, Wes. He's a good man. He's a South Australian. Don't you love to hear that when a Victorian says, we are a South Australian? Yeah, we've converted another one. Yeah. A few Mm. texts coming through, Roach, with Valentine's Day as the theme. This one, if we're giving out prizes today, we will be throughout the year, Roach. We've got some big announcements coming up. This one would probably get a prize from me because I have to work with you every day. Great love stories, Roachy and his wallet. Running on empty. God, yours would never. Do not cry poverty when you own half of Italy. Um, a lot of text still coming through. Oh, no. Do we have time to fulfil your promise to do the Jordan Dawson and what Tom Duday had to say about the captaincy? I did say I was going to do that about an hour and a half ago. Mm. Let's have a listen. And I'm keen to hear it. Um, no, he's not disappointed at all. He's, he's, um, he's absolutely pumped for me, I think. One thing that we have in the leadership group at Adelaide is we've got a lot of 
diverse players, and um, I think Sloaney touched on his in his presser. I think there's a number of of us that were willing and able to step up um, if and when obviously Sloaney was to to call it time for as a captain. But I mean, he's he's still a crucial part of the leadership group, and I'll be bouncing ideas and leaning on him throughout the year, no doubt. There you are. I put a few other stories to rest too, shouldn't it? Oh, a few of those were just clickbait, weren't they, Rich? Oh, you know, what you know free, how it works. A free agency is going to be decided about money on the table, not about what captaincy offers. I agree with you 100%. Hey, this was a good text that came through earlier. It says, uh, Ash Gardner, Australian cricketer uh, for the women's team, was picked up in the women's IPL auction for 560000 Says nearly the same coin Rich is on at SEN. Um, oh, no. Yeah, Rich, so don't cry poverty. No. Um Ash Gardner, 560000 for a couple of months' work. Yep. Uh, Talia McGrath, South Australian, 244000 I believe, I stand corrected, Ash Gardner on 560000 She receives more now than what Sam Kerr, arguably the best female soccer player in the world, gets for a whole season. Even at Chelsea? At Chelsea. I, that's my understanding. Okay. That was a all report right. I saw today. Okay. So if I'm incorrect, so yeah, be it. Yeah, all right. Uh, hmm. Brady Boy, mad Port Adelaide supporter, not mad, you know what I mean, yep. Brett. Uh, G'day, Kimbo and Michelangelo. It's great to have you back, guys. Get ready for a ripper footy season. And Annie, all of us at Port Adelaide supporters love you. You're an absolute rock star. Mm. There you Cheers. go. Good on you, Brett. Brett's Cheers. always positive. Well, it's uh, going to be a big show on breakfast tomorrow. Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh will have Crows chairman John Olsen and Port Adelaide captain Tom Jonas joining them. So that's a big lineup for tomorrow. And the big man is back with us tomorrow, Kim. Matty Rendell. He's back. Oh, I tell you what, the man that can tell a short yes. story long <laughs> as opposed to a long story short. Yes. Right. We love him and hopefully we'll have him right throughout the year. As I said this. And week. we're blessed with Nat Hurst as well. Yes. Um, yeah, not uh, quite the storyline we thought we no, would be talking before to we about. went on leave, mm. we thought they'd be... Very optimistic we were. ...playing finals. Not the case. Hey, a Annie catch-up mentioned, call, that one. Yeah, text has come through. Annie mentioned that um, she's married to a Crow supporter. She calls him a fruit tingle. Mm. You're going on a coffee date with a root. all above board. Yes. Yeah. Uh, text has come through. Annie will be going from a fruit tingle to a fruit loop. Fair enough. Yeah, I won't disagree with that. Uh, what have we got here? Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed... Oh, no, that's one. We've read that one out already. Oh, we're talking about romances. This is a bit mischievous. This is from Simon. Uh, some of the great love stories in sport. Tyson Edwards, Leighton Hewitt and Andrew McLeod's three-way breakup. Oh, boom, boom. dear. Simon yes, from Adelaide. Yes. Here's another one. I used what to call do they say about two's company, three's a crowd? Well, Rich, yeah. I've never partaken in that type of activity. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> there's the nose growing a little longer. <laughs> Go, hang on, Rich. Come on. <laughs> Have a look at you, you idiot. <laughs> uh, when I was commentating and Roger Delaney and George Fiarchi were playing, I nicknamed yes. them Batman and Robin, but yeah. there's another one of the great bromances. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, oh, here's another crack. Oh, I lost it. Uh, one of the great romances and love stories, Neil Craig and his size eight shorts. Oh, yes. <laughs> he could wear some tight and shorts. the man who brought lycra to football. All righty, we'll be back uh, doing it all again tomorrow, hopefully, unless we're taken off air because <laughs> Roots worked a little blue then. <laughs> Uru.